Hello everyone and welcome to One Control Report Podcast, episode 147. Benjamin Yoder here today to talk to you about a lot of video games actually. Uh, we have quite a few news stories here and then I also started playing a few games. I unfortunately haven't made any progress on Final Fantasy XIV or Xenoblade Chronicles X. I kind of put those aside when I was doing uh, a Tokadol video stuff. And then, uh, and then when I came back to start playing games again, um, uh, I got distracted by other things. So I think I'll probably get back to Final Fantasy XIV sooner rather than later. Xenoblade Chronicles X, I'm a, li- a little uncertain how that's going to fall into places right now. I think the big problem with those two games is they're f- occupying a very similar space of like big, long, grindy RPGs uh, that need me to kind of just like poke at them every once in a while for hundreds of hours. <laughs> um, so while they both exist in that 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 kind of you know play space for me i i really wonder how much progress i'm gonna make but that's not that's not an issue i'm dealing with right now i've got some other things going on uh particularly like everybody else in the world uh i went ahead and started up animal crossing new horizons so um i'm in a little bit late i had some trouble with the delivery uh unsurprisingly in this whole uh coronavirus quarantine thing going on deliveries are a little little finicky at the moment. Uh, but I did finally get my copy and I put, uh, as of today that I'm talking Sunday, uh, I put two days in. So probably about, I'd say three to five hours between those, those two days. And, uh, I'm, I'm liking it. I, I am really enjoying the early experience of that game. Um, you know, if you don't know much about how I feel about Animal Crossing, uh, you know, I've, I've played all of them. Um, I've even played Amiibo Festival. That's a lie. I haven't played a, a Happy Home Designer. I did miss that one. But I did play Amiibo Festival, the one tree Animal Crossing game. <laughs> and um, But yeah, so I'm kind of, between Animal Crossing, Wild World, City Folk, and New Leaf, I kind of got a little tired of the style. Even New Leaf, I was really on the edge of whether or not I wanted to get it. The mare stuff in that game was very promising to me. And uh, so I did eventually decide to buy it. Um, and I was a little underwhelmed by what that game had to offer, unfortunately. Uh, but this game, at least up front, um, the whole, like, building your own deserted island stuff and, you know, the crafting mechanics and things like that have, have really, at least to me, given the game a, a pretty different feel from a typical Animal Crossing. It gives you a lot of very distinct objectives early on that isn't like you just showed up in town and being like, oh, yo, people who live here. Let me go work with Tom Nook for a bit. And then you go work with Tom Nook, which you're still doing that here. But but you have, you know, you're building the the, the museum. You're building the, the, the shop from, like, scratch. So, you know, the museum was empty in the previous games. But in this case, you're, like, literally going around and be like, I'm going to set this museum up here. And we're going to build a tent. And then we're going to build the actual museum and and store and stuff like that. So so I do like that part of the game uh, uh, so far. Uh, the, the one thing I was... Al- I'm kind of... Uncertain of how I felt about it, but uh, <clears throat> initially you're kind of locked to like a third of your your island, and I wasn't even sure if I that was intentional. I had you get to choose between like four different island designs when you start, and I was worried that the one I picked was like just very limiting early on. But it sounds like that's that might be standard. I asked Anthony; he said that was that should be that was the case of his game too, and I think he said other people had it the same way. And there's actually like an objective at some point. They're like, "Hey, go across the river." to do this next thing so it seems very likely that there's no instance you could get out of that tiny portion of the island no matter what design you choose um but yeah so you're you're locked like a third of the island so it does feel a little limiting on the first day especially as you're kind of grappling with materials and making sure you have enough stone and stuff to build uh, items but you know there's still a good two to three hours worth of stuff to do which 
I feel like for Animal Crossing games, sometimes the first day you struggle to play more than an hour. <laughs> it's been a long time since I've played the other ones, but yeah, it's so it just feels a lot more objective oriented. You have a lot of clear goals, and there's a lot of um, there's like this this whole system called like the Nook Miles system, where you basically earn currency for doing certain objectives. A lot of these are like micro objectives. They're like plant three trees, or plant uh, or cut a tree down and stuff like that, and then you get uh, miles for that. Um, and you can kind of start unlocking features using those mileage points. And the more you play in a day, uh, the less of those miles you can really accrue. I mean, you you can continue to play the game and just continue to get miles. Uh, but it seems like the 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 you know the amount you're earning early on very heavily starts to like flatten out. Uh, and then so I think the first micro objectives for each day always give you like two times the number of ticks you normally would but every objective after that is just the normal amount normal amount you get back so they kind of have like this like hey if you play you can keep playing if you really want to but you're you're kind of you know being gated to some extent um so yeah i do like that part of it but sometimes it can feel a little limiting where it's like i just kind of ran out of things to do on the first day after like two or three hours and you know if you wanted to play the game longer than that then i feel like that'd be kind of disappointing <laughs> uh but you know if you those games are really meant to be played on a you know two to three or <laughs> i'd say maybe even closer to like an hour a day with the older ones i don't know if you know it's different for this one but like you're not really tended to spend a ton of time on it all at once so it's all about kind of you know fitting it into your daily lifestyle and things like that so day day two of two i've played animal crossing successfully but we'll see how much i keep up with it if you know anything about how i play games i typically move on from things pretty quickly i mean i, I beat them well in the case of animal crossing there isn't really a beat state but i you know I, I i spend a good chunk of time with games and then once i feel pretty satisfied with them i tend to move on so you know there's people who are still playing new leaf seven years later and I'm, i've never been that kind of person but we'll see I, i'll 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 probably at least play it for a couple weeks at the very least so i also ended up playing and i, I don't know if this is the full name or not but uh the the english part of the name is metal and lace 2 um it's it might be ningo tsukai 2 i don't know what that means that might literally just mean metal and lace don't know that doesn't look like metal and lace to me but I'm not going to translate that. Um, and this is a this is the first PC98 game that I really sat down and played. So the problem I've had with my NEC PC98, which if you don't know, is like old Japanese computer that I brought over from Japan when I came back, um, is uh, it's basically just a, a Windows PC that's running like DOS on it. And um, uh, so I need to install games on here, but I can't. I haven't I haven't looked into how to do that still. But Metal and Lace Two can run off the floppy disks so so i am i don't know if you can even install it but i don't know anything about these old pcs at all but i was able to get it to run off floppy disks and it's basically a fighting game uh it's an erotic fighting game it has graphic scenes in it but you can basically turn those scenes off uh and then just play it like a normal fighting game and uh it's it's it is a fighting game that's about all i can really say about it uh you know, it's a pretty typical Street Fighter style combo kind of stuff. Uh, you know, one on one fighter. You basically are these these girls who have these uh, robots that they they as companions that fight for them. And uh, there's only about five characters by default, um, which is a pretty small roster. But they all have very distinct uh, play styles. Uh, one is like very much like a grappler kind of character. One has a lot of um, 
I don't know how you would describe it. It's like this weird samurai robot with no legs. So it was. It has like a. It's almost like a weapon-based fighter in that one character specific instance versus everybody else who just like punches things. Um, and then there's uh, very much like the two kind of. I guess you'd call like reuse of the game. They're kind of have a, a projectile attack as well as some like uppercut style attacks and things like that. Um, and I think that's. Oh, and then there's one that's like very. Uh, I guess you'd call it like. <sighs> movement and combo base she can like throw her body forward and like she'll take damage if she doesn't hit anybody so if you throw your body forward and smack it on the ground you actually hurt yourself uh and then you also can do like these little triple hit combos and things like that and uh she also has like an uppercut so so yeah it's it's basically just a pretty typical fighting game but because it's a, such a small roster i feel like it is important that a lot of those characters feel very different and they do there's not really a lot of overlap between them which i think is is fine there's actually two additional characters in it as well uh lucifer and i think the other one's like Ca- caviar or something like that lucifer is the final boss of the game um and then caviar it sounds like is a secret character that you have to beat after you unlock lucifer unfortunately as far as I can tell, I can't unlock those two characters. The reason being is because, uh, again, I'm not super familiar with old PCs, but in this game's case, basically, I have two floppy drives on this um, this PC, and in floppy drive one, I have like a, I assume like a boot disk with like core game files on it and stuff, and then in floppy drive two, I guess, is like the content disk maybe. So you basically in the slot two, you put in disk one. Um, which then you can actually play the game using disc one. But whenever a cutscene plays, you need to uh, pop it out, or the major cutscenes play, you need to pop it out and put disc two in, which houses the cutscenes. Um, and all the characters in cutscenes work for me, except for the main character. And to unlock Lucifer, you need to beat the game with all five characters. And I think, and I did do that, but I think because I can't trigger the final cutscene with this current floppy disk I have, uh, I actually can't. <laughs> unlock lucifer and then you have to beat uh beat the story mode of lucifer without continuing to unlock cavi caviar or whatever her name is um so yeah but uh like i said there is an erotic element to it um i i checked it out the first time just to see if there's anything to it and it's basically just in between battles you get some uh basically sex scenes kind of thing a lot of bondage style stuff um but i uh you turn graphic scenes off and it basically plays like a normal fighting game at that point. Um, there's no real reason to need to play this game for any reason as far as I can tell. Um, but, you know, I was I was happy to get something right on this PC-98 and then, uh, you know, hopefully in the future we'll find some more interesting games. Uh, and it, was, it wasn't a bad fighting game. It just was, you know, kind of... It was perfectly fine. Um, I actually play played it using a, a, a Hudson Soft Joy-Con controller for the MSX. MSX controller that I'm using on a PC-98, so I'm not using it. It's not, this PC-98 is not an MSX, uh, but it's actually a four-button game. So I think what's happening in this game is um, if you use a controller, uh, it basically does a timing-based kind of thing. So the longer you hold the button, it considers it like a hard attack if you hold it longer, but if you tap it, it's like a, it's a light attack. But you can play on the keyboard and do a four-button layout that way. Um, I'm assuming there's, there are four button controllers. I have not really looked into these types of controllers at all. I don't know how common it is to need four button controllers. I assume for fighting games, that might be pretty common at the very least. Uh, but yeah, so I basically, I, I played with just the joy, joy card for now. Uh, I might mess around with the keyboard controls at some point. Uh, but until it becomes like a very obvious thing that I will need a more than just a two button controller, 
Uh, I'll probably just stick with the two button and the keyboard uh, for now. So I do have about six other PC98 games. I really need to reach out to Vink. I, I was kind of on hold because I wasn't really sure with like all the coronavirus stuff going on if that would affect my job at all. Um, it sounds like it probably will not based off what I'm hearing lately. So so I might move forward on on reaching out to him, seeing what kind of games he has. Because the weird thing about buying PC98 games is it, it doesn't seem very easy to find specific games. Um, you usually just kind of look at what's available on Yahoo Auctions Japan and and pick from from the the pile of stuff that's currently listed. So, yeah, but yeah, uh, I, I did stream that game last week at the end of the uh, the left live stream. So that's up on my YouTube channel. It's a separate thing. It's also on the up on the website. If you go look in the uh, the weekly video section, uh, it's up in there as a stream. Also go to the stream section. You'll find it in there too. I also played through Metal Slug Double X, which I believe is just Metal Slug 7, um, but this is like a, an enhanced port of it. Uh, basically, I, I, I don't actually own Metal Metal Slug Double X. Um, me, uh, the friend that I played uh, Overcooked with uh, about a, a week ago, we actually, I don't remember if I mentioned this last time, I played Overcooked with him using SharePlay, which is basically Sony's whole thing where they stream somebody's game to your PS4, and then you get connected as like a, a remote local player. So like the PS4 thinks I'm a local player playing the game, but I'm actually remotely viewing a stream and playing it that way. Um, and that worked pretty well for Overcooked. There's definitely a noticeable delay, but it's it's playable. Like, you know, in, in the situation of Overcooked's a game without online play, it's a perfectly good way to go ahead and play that game. Um, however, Metal Slug XX, uh, I definitely noticed the lag a lot more, particularly because, you know, it is a more timing-based game. I mean, it's not like a, like a hardcore platformer, but there are jumps in that game, and, and that game's like built for... Well, actually, it's like a 2008 game, so it probably was built for LCDs in some way. Um, but, but I definitely the the delay I definitely noticed quite a bit more. And there actually was a pretty bad bug where basically, if you don't know, with SharePlay, they limit you to only an hour of playtime. You can continue playing, but you have to reconnect the the stream connection. I don't know why they do this. It's a weird thing. Um, I'm sure there's a reason for it. Uh, maybe bandwidth reasons, but. It, it, it's 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 it mostly seems like just a silly inconvenience. So you pause the game, you disconnect the share play, reconnect the share play, bring everybody back in, and then you all play again. And for an hour at a time is not a terrible thing. Uh, unfortunately, with Metal Slug Double X, uh, the <laughs> the second player actually loses all control of the character when you do that. So you essentially softlock the game at that point because nobody can go anywhere. Uh, so you have to beat that game within an hour, which is not hard. Uh, I think we beat it in about 35 minutes to 40 minutes. Uh, just like rushing through the game essentially. But if you were like trying to go through and do like a no death run or something like that, probably wouldn't have gone very well. Uh, but admittedly, I would assume at that point, you know, it, uh, you, you probably would be wanting to play something more local where you can have like a better reaction time and things like that. But I enjoyed it. I, I think the only thing... And I'm kind of split about it. In some ways, I think it's really cool that that game is still using, like, the exact same aesthetic of, like, the old Metal Slug games. They're almost, like, almost exactly the same animations if they aren't the same already. Uh, but in other ways, it's kind of like, well, it'd be nice if they, <laughs> if they did a little bit more. Uh, but, you know, it was fine. It's, it's, it's about what I expect for a Metal Slug game. Sit down, spend 30 to 40 minutes on it, be done with it, feel good about it. Uh, my friend that was doing it did want to do the trophy kind of stuff with it. I helped him with a couple things, but I, I don't think I have like a strong desire, especially with like that, the whole bug thing where you get, you know, lose control after an hour. It, it seems kind of, kind of, 
inconvenient. There's also a lot of weird decisions around like the trophy collecting stuff or like achievement stuff where it's like, oh, get all the POWs. But a lot of the POWs will like, if you free them on the edge of the screen, they'll just like walk off screen and stuff. It, it was a lot of just like really little small annoyances like that. You have to shoot everywhere in the background to find all the hidden POWs. And it's like, eh. But as a game, just playing through it, I thought it was, it was, it was pretty fun. And then finally, I did play a little bit more Little Witch Academia. Um, my feelings on that game are greatly cratering very fast. Uh, I don't know if I talked about it last week. I think I did. But uh, we kind of finished up our multiplayer stuff with uh, Little Witch Academia. And in some ways, I think that stuff kind of killed my enthusiasm for the game. Um, mainly because I kind of got to see what the end game of that game looks like. And the fact that the stuff that you think would be interesting going forward in terms of the combat is basically completely irrelevant. Not only completely irrelevant, it uh, is actually detrimental to look at it and focus on it and try to use it. Um, you really just need to level up your spells. And like that's something I'm definitely feeling at this part of the game already. Because I did get one character to the maximum level during the multiplayer stuff. But I kind of set her aside. and was like, okay, I'm going to play through the single player with just the characters I have that are actually appropriately levels for this thing. But, uh, so the, like, the normal minions are fine right now, but the bosses are a pain in the butt unless you have, like, your spell stuff leveled up already and, like, you're using specific spells. Um, I mean, specific spells, just a, you know, highly upgraded one. And some of the bosses are just kind of annoying. I was doing, like, an ice dragon fight thing, and there's just, like, a very small window of which you can hurt it. And if you don't have the right spells equipped, like, like, elemental spells equipped for that boss, I don't know what he was weak against, but I was, like, doing a little damage and I'm playing a character who's kind of melee attack focused. So her spell damage is not great. Yeah. It was just kind of like, eh, eh, I don't know. Anyways, I think that game is fine for the most part, but, uh, I think seeing what that game becomes kind of made me a little bitter towards that game. Um, I think it's a really wasted opportunity in terms of the combat part of that game that they didn't do a better job mixing the melee combat and the spells to they're they're kind of two separate entities within that battle system and they spent so much time well i don't know how much time they actually spent but they they did differentiate a lot of the characters based off their melee combos and to have that kind of stuff become completely irrelevant is really disappointing to me uh to the point that you know basically what was happening i'm pretty sure I talked about this last week we'd walk into a row row a room cast a bunch of spells the room would blow up basically and we move on to the next room do the exact same thing over and over again and that's just it's just not fun um, still, still enjoying the style of the game though, but I think I am very much just going to do a direct line of sight to the end of that game and just try not to spend too much time lingering on it much more. Um, so yeah, and that's pretty much it for stuff I've been playing. Um, yeah, I, I, I feel like I, I would like to get back to Xenoblade Chronicles X soon, but I might also just play something that's like fairly short soon. I kind of want to play another like short retro style game. I think, I think Dory Me Fantasy and uh, and uh, Metal and Lace Two kind of uh, tipped me in the way of being like, oh, I beat these games quickly. What if I could beat more games quickly? <laughs> so I don't know. I definitely have a lot of retro style games in my collection somewhere. I just have to look to see what I have. But we'll see if that actually happens. You know me. I'm ADD and we'll go anywhere and like. I, play a bunch of different video games all the time and I, I really should just focus on Little Witch Academia, finish that off, and then go back to Xenoblade Chronicles X or something like that. In terms of news this week, uh, mainly going to focus on Nintendo Direct stuff. I did see that there was some uh, thing about like a Fate cooking game, basically. If you don't know, basically the Fate 
anime, well, based off visual and all thing, you know, Fate series, go Wikipedia it if you don't know what it is. Uh, they had like a cooking game, which I thought was pretty cute looking. Uh, I think apparently it was announced back in like late last year. And I just didn't see it probably because I was in Japan or not paying attention because I was going to Japan. Um, so that, and I don't know anything about Fate really, but it looks kind of, kind of cute. I would like to see more gameplay of it. Because uh, visually it looks pretty good. I just want to see what they're doing mechanically with that game. I never played that Sinner Kagura uh, cooking game either. I don't know if I ever will. Uh, but the main focus for today is going to be Nintendo Direct stuff here. Um, so if you don't know, there's a Nintendo Direct Mini earlier this week. Um, kind of the highlights of, of that for me was the Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition. I believe it comes out on May 29th. Um, and I'm not very excited to play Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition, uh, not because I think there's anything bad about it per se, I just, you know, would rather focus on the Molosoft games I haven't played yet, because I haven't played all of them, so, you know, more interested in the DS games I'm playing. Uh, but in saying that, I was actually very happy to see that they're actually allowing you to play, uh, the epilogue content. Um, I don't know if it's even epilogue content, the, the, the new content or whatever, uh, as like a... St- up front. So if you don't know, and in, in what they kind of showed in this video was that uh, the impression I'm getting at least is that the base game is going to be largely unchanged. It looks pretty faithful to what the game is, you know, prettied up a bit, but it looks pretty dang close. It looks pretty much built off the Xenoblade Chronicles in a lot of ways. Like some of the environments definitely feel very Wii-ish in some ways. Um, the game still looks good, but but I think you can definitely see the DNA of it being a Wii game basically. Um, and, and so they have a new part of the game that's going to basically take place on the Bionis shoulder, which if you don't know, is famously kind of a, a portion of the game, a very large section of the game, actually, that was cut, uh, it's like the largest area in the game, I think, but, and it's, it's, it's still left in the game and it's unfinished. Uh, and it's in like some of the trailers and stuff. And I think it even appears in the ending cutscene of the game too, but basically they didn't finish this area. They cut it. And then, so they're, it looks like they're, they're re-implementing it back into the game and story-wise it's probably going to, and I'm going to get into a little bit, I'm going to try not to spoil much about Xenoblade Chronicles 2 here, but you know, I'm going to talk a little bit about how these games connect here, uh, just as a heads up. So Xenoblade Chronicles 2, if you don't know, basically kind of pulls some of the story stuff from Xenoblade Chronicles 1 and tries to attach the two worlds together um in a way that i think is actually in my opinion very detrimental to Xenoblade chronicles or Xenoblade chronicles 2 um i think it kind of undermines that game story in a lot of ways it kind of yeah it's it's kind of weird because like Xenoblade chronicles 1 is a very complete story on its own in my opinion and and Xenoblade chronicles 2 is like hey what if we added a bunch of stuff and say this happened in Xenoblade chronicles 1 even though it really didn't happen in Xenoblade chronicles 1 so so this is their opportunity to go back and change those parts of the game to integrate with Xenoblade chronicles 2 <laughs> um, which i'm bitter about in some ways but it's fine the original Xenoblade chronicles is there if i always ever want it same way that me being like i prefer the graphics of the original Xenoblade chronicles uh but you know that game's still there if I want to play it, and I'm not going to play it again. So, um, yeah, but uh, but yeah, so so I forgot where I was at with this, but basically, so they're adding some new new story stuff that's gonna it seems like it's probably gonna connect to Xenoblade Chronicles two story. Um, it's called like Future Connection or something like that, and um, but that content that they're adding is actually playable from the beginning um um without having to play through Xenoblade Chronicles 1 which got me very excited because like the biggest concern I was going to have was I get to play through the 70 hour RPG that I've already played 95% of you know depending on what content they add or remove um 
So, you know, 60 to 70, 60 to 70 hours is a big time to commit to something I've already played through. So, so I'll, I will definitely pick that game up day one since I can play that content separately. And I will probably play that content as soon as I can, basically at this point. Um, and you know, coming off the, the Torna video a few months ago, that, that Torna DLC for Xenoblade Chronicles 2 is pretty distinct on its own. Even though it's very much built off Xenoblade Chronicles 2, it has its own feel to the battle system. Uh, the world design is very, very different than Xenoblade Chronicles 2, in my opinion. Uh, they actually revamped the graphics engine too, but I don't assume that they're going to do this for this thing. So I'm kind of excited to see what this thing will be. Um, from, from what I can tell, it basically has Shulk and Melia as the two main characters. And there's two little, like, little Nopon style characters too that are, that are involved in this. Um, so if the battle system is being reduced down or expanded, depending on, you know, how these characters interact, so if it's reduced down to two characters, the Shulk and Melia, or if it's expanded to Shulk, Melia, and the two Nopons, uh, that would be kind of interesting. Um, I, I kind of hope they're trying to do something different with the battle system in that case. Uh, but you know, that might be kind of a little, a little weird to launch the definitive edition with this you know, original battle system, and then also include this other battle system on this extra content. But I'm excited to see what it turns out to be. I think, I think, seeing that it's it's being kind of sectioned off in its own little pocket of the game um, is encouraging for me, just because of how good Torna was, and I felt like Torna benefited a lot from being its own content rather than something slapped on top of Xenoblade Chronicles Two. The other thing that I was very surprised by during this Nintendo Direct is they announced the new Clubhouse Games, which I thought was. <laughs> really weird if you don't know clubhouse games was a nintendo ds game that had a bunch of uh card games and stuff like board games and things like that uh that you could play via like local wi-fi i think there's actually some online elements as well to it um and i thought it was a uh, at the time i think it reviewed pretty well it was it was pretty substantial but you know being based off things like you know solitaire and things like that it probably didn't like stand out nearly as much it's like 2005 i think is when it came out uh, so this is pretty early, early DS era. Um, and I think at the time, this was actually a very cool product because, you know, mobile phones were were gaming devices, but they weren't exactly dedicated game devices. And the quality of the software on there was not always, always great. So having this one package that's just like a lot of really solid versions of a lot of these games on the DS to go was, was pretty cool. And having an online interaction too was, was pretty, pretty cool. I'm a little more confused by putting that out on the switch in today's environment. <laughs> um, I think it's pretty cool if you're going to like, if they have, I, I don't know if they, they specified anything, but they have like, if they had like local multiplayer stuff or even online multiplayer stuff, that's pretty exciting. But you know, for the, the portable card game experience, I feel like, you know, modern phones cover that base a lot better. Uh, compared to phones back then. So I don't, really don't know 100% who this is for other than just people who want a good board game collection on the Wii uh, or card game collection as well. But there is some uh, other stuff in there that actually is pulled from games like Wii, Wii Play. Like uh, there's a shooting gallery mode. Uh, tanks finally came back, like a new version of Tanks, which I think is really cool. If you don't know, we play on the on the uh, Nintendo Wii, uh, had this Tanks mini game, and people loved it back then. Um, it, you know, in a, in a, essentially a mini game collection that was about $10. Cause the, you know, the game came with a Wii remote on its own. Uh, most of those mini games were kind of eh to okay. Uh, but the tanks one was always really good. And, uh, I think people at the time really asked for, for one of more of that stuff. And it was always kind of like a weird thing that they never released anything on like WiiWare that was kind of like an expansion of it. Um, so to see them finally bring tanks back, I think that's pretty cool. 
Uh, but yeah, whether or not we need a clubhouse games today in this year of 2020, I don't know. But I'll be curious to see what it what it what it turns out to be. I don't know if they announced a release date or anything like that. Um, but what a weird thing to bring back. Those kind of, those are the kind of announcements that get me excited because at no point would I tell you, hey, clubhouse games, 15 years later, coming back, baby. <laughs> so the only way it could have been better if it was like on an E3 stage and like I don't know. Doug Bowser, like all the all the Nintendo celebs are pretty much gone at this point. Uh, like Doug Bowser came out on stage and was like, yo guys, <laughs> Clubhouse Games. And then to hit a couple of these other smaller ones, uh, Ninjala was shown off. I think this is the first time they showed an uh, English release of Ninjala. Um, this was a game that was showed off at Tokyo Game Show quite a few years ago. I think it was pretty shortly in the, the Switch's lifespan. It has, had a style that always kind of looked like, oh, they're trying to replicate Splatoon, but it's kind of like a melee action game. If I recall correctly, the gimmick of it was that like you could jump on walls and stuff and essentially like walk on walls and fight people on walls and things like that. So you basically were, like changing the gravity in some ways. This is pulling some really old information on my head, so I, I don't know 100% sure if I'm being accurate or not. But I seem to recall it being that. Um, it's free to play. I and. I might check it out. I'm, I'm not super sure. I, I forget who is bringing it out to. I think it was a Katakana Games. I'm, I'm providing you guys a great amount of information here. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, other than the fact that I saw it in that thing and be like, huh, that game. I didn't exactly consume much information in the direct about it. But <laughs> but yeah, um, I, I might check it out just to take a look at it. But yeah, it's a free-to-play game. So I'm going to guess I won't spend a lot of time with it. Um, I'd have to be very impressed with it, I think. We'll see, we'll see how much traction it gets. It, it definitely has a, a Splatoon kind of look, but maybe a bit off in a way that I, I, I think is maybe a little less appealing. But, eh. And they also announced that the Panzer Dragoon remake was out uh, the day of the Direct. Uh, the physical version is not out yet. You can pre-order that. I think at limited run games for the U.S. I'm a bit on the fence about pre-ordering it. Um, I do... So the reason I really want to buy that game more than anything probably is... I, I like that Sega's doing something with their Saturn franchises. The, the, there, there are so many instances of Sega Genesis stuff coming out again, and and that's cool. Like, cool, keep bringing out the Sega Genesis stuff. But, like, uh, the Saturn in particular, less so the Dreamcast, don't really get a lot of a lot of loving from Sega a lot of times, at least direct game love. I mean, they've released garbage, like, toys and stuff all the time not garbage they're fine they're cute if you want those those are fine i'm not telling you that your tastes are garbage but but you know it's 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 non-consequential stuff it's just you know uh, the the same is probably how Mega Man fans felt when there's like a huge Mega Man drought yeah they kept releasing Mega Man figures all the time um <laughs> Mega Man X figures at least um but yeah so like I, I, I'm interested in that they, they're re-releasing the Saturn thing, even though it's made from the ground up rather than, you know, being a port of the Saturn game. I, I'm interested in that. So I might pick it up. The only reason I'm really hesitant is I wasn't a big fan of the original Panzer Dragoon. I played it on Xbox. So I played Panzer Dragoon or Orta. Amazing game. They actually, uh, my, my Panzer Dragoon Orta video actually this this week uh, got a upkick in views because of the <laughs> Panzer Dragoon remake. Uh, but yeah, Panzer Dragoon Orta, fantastic play. If you have an Xbox One, you can play that game. Go do it, please. I love that game. Uh, but in that game, at least in the original Xbox version, I assume it's in the 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 uh, Xbox One version as well because it's basically a port. Um, you can play the original Panzer Dragoon in there too, and I didn't love it. It was fine. It wasn't bad. It just kind of was what it was, an on-rail shooter. 
Um, and, you know, after playing Orda to unlock that game, uh, it's kind of a pretty big step back. Um, I don't think it's a bad game, though. Very, very good music. Very good stylistically, too. Um, so, so replaying the original Panzer Dragoon is not something I really, really desire that much. Um, but, you know, again, supporting Sega doing something with their Saturn library, finally. Um, and... I would like to see Panzer Dragoon, uh, Zwei, I don't know, is that German? Zwei, the second game to come out. I'd love to see Panzer Dragoon Saga get re-released somehow. Um, I would, I would love to check those games out. Um, so, you know, I might do it just to, so I can feel good about it. I know my one purchase doesn't change anything, but, you know, as I have been very fortunate to have a, a, uh, larger income, at least compared to, you know, five years ago, uh, I've been trying to be a bit more considerate of games that I really want to support and and buying those at launch, because uh, you know end up in I say it again over and over again the situation with like Freedom Wars where I love Freedom Wars I paid five dollars for Freedom Wars <laughs> you know and that's definitely a full retail game and it feels a little bad to be like ah eh, that that's a great game you should make a new one also I didn't support it when it came out so. so yeah and the Japanese Nintendo Direct there was the Pro Yaku Famitsa or Famit. Famista? Famista? I don't know. Baseball. Namco baseball game. Um, they're putting out a new baseball game from Namco. Uh, it looks pretty cute. Uh, the It's fun because it has like a bunch of Namco characters in there. So there's like a mappy looking dude in there. There's some baseball mascots in there too. The Valkyrie from... I forget what that game's called. The Namco's Valkyrie game. I don't know. But if you go look at the website, there's like a bunch of characters in baseball outfits. I think it's just something they, they've done in the past. I know there's like... I've seen pictures of like Cosmos in a... A baseball outfit before um but it looks cute um it's kind of like a a overworld aspect to it where you run around town and things like that doubt i'll ever play this game but i like that it exists i don't think it'll come out here either but hey who knows i love that namco does a lot of really weird stuff with their ip sometimes they're just like here's this game that's just gonna put all our namco characters in baseball outfits because sure why not which it's fun it's, it's a fun little thing and that's pretty much it for Nintendo Direct stuff. I think it was for a, a mini, it was pretty solid. Uh, I think a mini does define it pretty well, though. Just like, hey, no, not a lot of big new game announcements, just a lot of updates to other things. Pretty excited about Xenoblade Chronicles, mainly because, you know, I'm interested to see what they do to that game. Uh, like, if, it, if it's going to be an extension of Xenoblade Chronicles gameplay mechanics or if it's going to be a reinvention of it, even if it's an extension... You know, I'm happy to play new, like, 20 hours of new content if it's like that, or if it's, like, you know, similar to the skill of Torn or something like that. I'm happy to do that. It's been long enough since I played Xenoblade Chronicles that it won't kill me. And pretty late this week, there was the announcement of the Nier Remaster, which uh, seems pretty vague on the details of exactly what it's going to be at this time. Uh, it sounds like they are going to be making some changes. Uh, they talk about potentially adding an ending, possibly. I don't know if that was just speculation or if... It seemed like, I, I think the quote going on with Yoko Taro was just like, he doesn't know what he's doing essentially at this point, which he may actually know, but that's just the kind of his style. He's going to he's gonna say these ridiculous answers that get like, you know, PR, or not PR, but, you know, viral attraction of people, you know, quoting him, talking about how he'll do things for money and stuff like that. It's just, it's just how he is. It's fine. Um, it's a very distinct uh, personality at least. Um, but yeah, so, so it seems like it's kind of up in the air of exactly what this thing's going to be. It sounds like it's probably leaning more towards, uh, being pretty faithful to the original game, but with added content, possibly they did say they were going to re-record the voice acting, uh, which I think is not really 
a like if you don't know original ear actually has really good voice acting that i think generally people agree upon it's very good voice acting uh but the problem being is that the version that we got in the u.s is near gestalt which is a which features a older main character where the japanese version or particularly near replicant on the ps3 in japan featured a young boy which is kind of the canon version of that game i guess you could say the old man thing was was less so um uh, so they're gonna have to probably re-record those the voice acting to match the fact that you're not an old man anymore. You're you're a kid, because <laughs> the the localized U.S. release which just had the old dude in all all versions of the game, um, which I'm always, I'm a little sad because I do love uh love what I think a lot of people call Papa Near, uh, older Near on there. Uh, but you know at the same time that original game is there if you want to play Papa Near. Uh, you know, the, it, it's the young boy version never came out here, so it's cool that they're bringing that over. It'd be best if both characters were available in the game, but I understand. But that's probably why they have to re-record the voice acting to to make it fit, essentially, or else you'll probably have people calling him old man or something like that, and it not making any sense. <laughs> um, so so yeah. Um, I I'm pretty happy this is coming out because you know actually playing near is kind of a not hard thing to do, but it's not the cheapest game at this point. And, you know, getting people to take out their 360s and PS3s can be a bit challenging this late. Uh, the systems are getting pretty old now. Um, I'm a little sad to see the online conversation around the game. At least, like, a lot of what I saw when this stuff was coming out was the stuff I was seeing around the time of Nier Automata of just, like, people being like, oh, great, a, a chance to fix that bad game. And I'm like, I, I really... I, I'm very much somebody who tries to understand everybody's thoughts and opinions on games and try to come to some kind of conclusion about like, hey, I don't understand this, but I see this. Um, and it took me a long time to get there with Nier Automata because I, if you don't know, I very much did not like Nier Automata. Um, uh, it, I, I, it was the most disappointing game to me in the last five years, probably. I can't think of a game that disappointed me more. Uh, not because of the game itself, but because of what the original Nier was and what Automata turned out to be. Um, and... And so a lot of the conversation around Automata coming around was like, oh, finally, a near game with good gameplay is going to come because Platinum's making it. And I think the general opinion in terms of like Platinum fans is that near Automata is not a great Platinum game, but it's serviceable. It's like fine enough. Um, and and yeah, but I just like to me, the original near is very much like a Zelda game in a lot of ways. And I think a very good Zelda game, uh, you know, it has a bunch of magic spell stuff that, you know, Zelda lacks. And, and the, the dungeons are very diverse. They're all centered around particular gimmicks, but those gimmicks are, are very good at using, you know, very minimalistic touches to, uh, to kind of change how you play the game. Sometimes it's, it comes down to like, you have like a dungeon that's built around like bubble walls. So you have to do a lot of like juggling these bombs around in the dungeons. And then also there's like the dungeon where basically each room takes away different like uh, button inputs and stuff while you're in the dungeon it's very much like this one indie game I remember playing a long time ago, like tower of heaven or something like that. Um, but like each dungeon has its own unique gimmick. Like that would probably get annoying overall. Like if, it, if the entire game was like, Hey, we're going to take controls away from every room. But for one dungeon, I think it's like cool, cool for that one dungeon kind of thing. Um, and every dungeon feels unique where automata is pretty much the same thing throughout the entire game. Um, in my opinion, uh, so yeah, seeing people say that game needs to be fixed is a little jarring to me because I just have a hard time figuring out what needs to be fixed. Um, I heard that the combat's fairly repetitive, but I would say that about Automata even more so probably, um, because that game is very mashy. 
But again, I'm not a, a platinum expert, so maybe there's something I'm mix, missing there. But I kind of view platinum games as very being very samey in a lot of ways. They definitely have their own unique touches and things like that. Like I feel like every platinum game has its kind of hook between like I think Metal Gear Rising plays pretty differently from from Bayonetta and and Wonderful 101 plays differently from all those games. If anything, Wonderful 101 might be the most extensive offshoot i feel like that platinum has done outside of like you know working on star fox or something like that um but i think it's very much like in the same way i view pokemon where it's like hey these games all look the same but there's little differences here that make them each of them unique um and autobot definitely has a lot of gimmicky stuff going on with with its with its uh battle system in some ways uh but a lot of that stuff was just kind of pulled from near and so you know if you didn't play near i could see that being pretty exciting but you know after playing near to see it be pulled not only one for one, but also being utilized in less smart ways. I feel like I feel like it was almost like a step back in a lot of ways. Um, yeah, it it didn't really impress me too much. That being said, like I did finally get to the point where I felt pretty comfortable with Near Automata and how people felt about it and understanding why people liked that game in terms of a lot of the storytelling stuff. I don't agree, but but I I, I feel like I understand why people like Near Automata a lot better. Um, where I think the one thing I've always still struggled with is just knowing why people don't like the gameplay of the original Nier. It, it, to me, it always seemed really good. Um, but it's also, you know, I will say it's a game that focuses less on quality and more on, on variety and uniqueness. And that's stuff, that's kind of stuff I like, um, where I think typically people don't like that. So maybe, maybe the whole thing with the Automata thing is just, you know, they, they layered on this platinum combat system, polished it up slightly, not as good, but you know, good enough. Um, and, and that makes people happier because it's something that feels more consistent, maybe? I don't know. I'm going to stop talking about this. Near near Remastered. I probably won't play you, but I'll keep an eye on what's going on with that game. Uh, at least, you know, if, if they don't change it too much, if it's pretty much the same game, I will definitely point people to that if they want to play some Nier. Uh, if, they don't, if they do end up changing it quite a bit, I think I will, you know, be a little reluctant to, to recommend it to people. I might check it out if they do it that way. You know, I guess you might get a sale, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Let's stop talking about Nier. Nier is a very complicated subject for me. And that's going to be it for this week. Oh, what a long podcast this week. <laughs> uh, but we had a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, so yeah, in terms of content coming up, uh, basically we're just in the normal churn period. I know usually for times like these, I'd have a bit, little bits of smaller content coming out. So apologies on that. I haven't really found a lot of lot of things that really fit that at the moment so i haven't been doing it um and and with like you know working from home and stuff like that it's kind of been a bit a bit weird um but you know i'm still doing the 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 podcast every monday going up at 9 a.m pacific time and then also uh i'm streaming every thursday at 7 a.m or 7 p.m pacific time so nothing's coming out this week but next week the Atokadol video is finally coming out. So I'm very excited about that. I, I finished that. I feel really good about that video. I hope you end up liking it. Um, I'd say the last couple of videos I've worked on, I felt a little more mixed on. So this one, I feel like I really nailed it. Hopefully, hopefully you like it too. Um, yeah. And then at that point, uh, I'm, I'm basically setting up the next uh, uh, podcast I have. Uh, going to see if we can try to coordinate a time in the next week and a half here. Uh, and get that recorded, and then you'll see that probably in uh, early May or something like that. 
Um, and hopefully I can get some smaller content set up, but, but at the very least, uh, like I said, we had the, the left of a live stream that's going on right now left alive. I'm starting to really enjoy it. Um, I, I was, if you watched that first stream, it was pretty negative on it initially, but I'm really starting to get a hang of what that game's expecting from me from a stealth perspective. I'm starting to really enjoy the characters. I don't really know what's going on story-wise right now, but that's fine. As long as it's good characters, I'm fine. <laughs> uh, but I am enjoying the, the gameplay uh, uh, quite a bit more. So if you watch the second stream, I think you'll get a better sense of how that game plays. Because uh, I'm bad at stealth games, but I'm starting to figure out how to be okay at stealth in that game. Not a bad game, I don't feel like. I, I, I could be wrong, but I feel like Left Alive is perfectly serviceable as a stealth game. If anything, there's a lot of things I think is kind of fun in it, but yeah. Um, and, and then, like I said, the, uh, uh, Ningo Tsukai 2, Metal and Lace 2, uh, there's a stream for that that went up about 30 minutes long. So if you want to check out a PC 98 game running at slightly the wrong resolution, <laughs> uh, you can check that out. I'm not sure what the, the short term is going to look like for PC 98 content at this point. Um, I need to try out some of these other games, but a lot of them are like RPGs and stuff like that. So there's a good chance I'll put them in be like, cool, this is a video game and then shelf it forever. <laughs> so, so yeah. Anyways, thank you again for coming. Wongchillreport.com is the website. Uh, also YouTube channel. If you want to go, go there, like, and subscribe, I guess, if you want. Make me feel good about myself. <laughs> um, yeah. And I hope you have a great week. Bye.